In the heart of Beer City, USA, two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, The Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. Ah, like every good new house, we're tankless here in the sportsocracy. We're coming live to you from the Ingalls Studios. We got intern Jake running the P's and Q's. We need all the 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 good wishes, all the wonderful things in the chat. Cause cause boy, Jake Jake, my boy's a little nervous. Don't know why. He's already better at this than I am. <laughs> I have to drive the show. We got Tank represented on the screen. He's at the beach. Man, he looks good. Hey, oh, oh, I mean, he's lost weight. You know, in that, if you're watching this on the YouTube, you can see that we have a, uh, we, we have a model of tank and, and what we think he's doing currently, uh, which is laying on the beach with, I mean, it should be a Taylor Swift shirt instead of having pineapples on it. Like I, that I agree one does, with but that. We're, we're going to have some fun today. going to talk a lot of football because that's what we do when Jeremy's left in charge. We could talk about baseball. You're not going to like what I want to talk about it. Uh, last night, the LSU Tigers, you know, getting that men's college world series. If you followed me on that plus 380 train, you're welcome. Love how we had three games in that series. One of them was 24 to, was it 24 to four? Yeah. Last night was 18 to four. It's a lot we, of runs. We just don't really do, we don't do close games in the uh, men's college world series, do we? Also a story trending with the uh, Florida coach that came out during the, uh, during the game three, that it wasn't great. We're not going to talk about it if you want to know. Google it. But it's a power rankings Tuesday. That's what we do around here. On Tuesday, we rank stuff. And today, we're going to rank running backs. I'm very curious to see your list on this. Well, I mean, look, this has been an interesting week for running backs. You've already had Melvin Gordon come out and say this is the most devalued position in the league. He's right. And I've been saying that for years. You want to know how good running back is in the NFL? I listed uh, every power ranking here goes in 13s. That's Jeremy's favorite number. was my number when I did athletic things. I listed 21 running backs I at least wanted to mention over the course of the next hour. The guy that led the NFL in touchdowns last year didn't even cross my mind. That's how good running back is in the NFL. Also, story out today, my New York Jets have been everywhere today. Tyler Conklin Talking about we have room for Dalvin Cook. Can he just sign somewhere already? I don't care where you go. You've talked about New England. You've talked about Miami. You've talked about the Jets. Just sign somewhere already. I'm sorry. I just don't want to see him in a Jets uniform. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't either. <laughs> you know why? Because we already have a running back that's listed higher than him on my list that we're going to unfold over the course of the next hour. Glad to have you along for the ride here on 92.9, 880, and 1400. Brought to you, as always, by Ingles Markets and ClarissaSalesWNC.com. So let's get right into this. Jake, we're, we're going to let you kick this off. All right, usually it's just my rankings. I do a bad job of ingratiating Tank into these things. Yeah. Well, because he says things sometimes, and I'm going to use the Bill Budacek line. I hate the things you say, I hate when you say them, and I hate how you say them. So you're number 13 on the NFL big board of running backs is... 
I got to go with Aaron Jones on this one. I feel like he's the only good piece that they really have on that Packers offense. Obviously, yeah, you have A.J. Dillon, but Aaron Jones, when he can break out, he can really break out. Well, I mean, Christian Watson would like a word. Eh. Christian Watson's a receiver that I absolutely okay. love, and he's a very modern-day NFL wide receiver. Okay, I see where you're going there, but Romeo Dobbs doesn't scare me. Jaden Reed doesn't scare me. Oh, I love Romeo Dobbs. But I do I love Romeo Dobbs. Aaron Jones, I feel like he's still got some left in the tank. A lot of people really pushing him down on their fantasy rankings. but I think Which to me is stupid. I do, too. You have Jordan Love. Which is stupid. I, look, when you have a quarterback like Jordan Love, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't have Aaron Jones in my top 13. We've gone through these. We've done. We've already done receivers. We've done edge rushers. We're going to do every position in the NFL yeah. as we lead up into the start of training camp coming in just a few short weeks. we got to get over the, the bang-bang holiday uh, July 4th next week. Programming note, we will not be here tomorrow preempted by the Atlanta Braves, and we will not be here Monday or Tuesday. Then Tank will be back, and there's a very good possibility that I won't be here. <laughs> so we're not going to be whole for a while. But to what you said about Aaron Jones, I feel like people are devaluing him, mm-hmm. and it's more because of LaFleur than it is because of him. Because they have this obsession with using the extra running back, and then Aaron Jones has these huge breakout games. He had one against the Dallas Cowboys uh, that I specifically remember, which is it was really a great indicator of how good a running back he is. And then he's almost tossed out with the bathwater because he's so inconsistent. Because you can have a game where he looks like the best running back in the NFL. Then you can have another game where is he actually better than A.J. Dillon. I will say I did not have him in my top 13. And I will I will explain that. That's not a talent thing. So it gets into usage. Gets into the offense. I actually like Aaron Jones better with Jordan Love than I did with Aaron Rodgers. Really? There's not really a deep threat on this team that I'm so scared of, so I don't care if Aaron Rodgers and the deep ball and all those things are gone. There's enough pieces on that Green Bay offense, and I've said this before. I feel like we're burying Green Bay, and that's almost a fool's errand. The Green Bay Packers are the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NFC. They're never awful, Mm -hmm. ever. Now, I know they've had consistency at quarterback that very few franchises in the league. In my lifetime, they've played four quarterbacks. They've started okay. four quarterbacks in my entire life. I'm 36 years old, which should tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're going into this with Jordan Love tells me that he's at least a competent quarterback. I never really had qualms with his arm. I had qualms with his decision-making. So I had Aaron Jones just on the outside. Okay. I have to say a name because I don't know what to do with him. As my, I didn't even rank him. I just put an asterisk next to his name. Because if I knew he was going to play 17 games, he's got to be here. Had a little off-field thing, Las Vegas, got in a little fight, and there's probably a suspension looming. It's Alvin Kamara. In terms of talent, running back-wise in the NFL, he's in the top eight. 100%. I also don't know what that offense is going to look like. Yeah. I don't trust Dennis Allen as far as I could throw him. And with my back in the situation it's in, I don't need to be throwing anybody. And I just don't know what to do with him. I feel like if he's on the field, he's going to be special. But I don't know when that's coming. I I can't tell either. But again, you see what Alvin Kamara can do there. He's as good a running back as we have in this league in terms of ability to 
pick up a block in terms of pass catching, in terms of running between the tackles. He is as talented of a satellite running back as we have. I just really don't know what to do with him going into 2023. Because if he's suspended, they bring in Jamal Williams, which tells me the, the fact that you were willing to spend any money on a running back tells me that you think that there is something coming with him. Whether it's four games, whether it's eight games, I've heard as high as 12. I don't think it's going to go that high. I think it's eight. Six, if the NFLPA gets involved. So, if you are in a fantasy draft and you see Alvin Kamara, are you taking him in the later rounds? This is one of the few times that I'm hoping my league drafts early because I'm going to take him. And I do this every year. I, I referenced this yesterday. I did it last year with Sean Watson. I, I've done it a lot of hurt guys over the years. I'm going to take the risk because I know what I know what I'm getting if the suspension's not as much as I thought it was. Now, if it is, then you might have burned a pick. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to be suspended for the year. He'll be available towards the end. Mm-hmm. The question is, where do the Saints fall in by that time? And that's the reason that I had to put an asterisk by him, because I think he changes that team. There's not many running backs that I think change a team. Everybody talked about the the, the DVOA and things like that with San Francisco after they acquired Christian McCaffrey. It's not like the offense was the Jets before yeah. they had McCaffrey. <laughs> they could still run the ball. They could still move the ball. And you had Debo and Brandon Ayuk. And it's not like they went from a mediocre to bad offense and then all of a sudden became really good. He's at another level. I feel like Alvin Kamara completely changes your offense because I'm not really worried about Jamal Williams between the tackles because I can I, I can temper Chris Olave. I can do a lot of things to keep you from being the dynamic offense that you would be with him. With him, you're terrifying. But it's just, there's a lot of flux there. So you have Kamara on your outside. Who's your number 13? Kenneth Walker the third, I love it. I'm not sure there's a back in this league that's more disrespected than him. I can't have him any higher because you've only done it for a year, mm-hmm. and it seems like they have this burning urge to add a a, a a one-two punch to him. Now, when you see who 12 is, you'll understand why I said it that way. I love the talent. Now, this thought that he was better than Brees Hall makes my brain hurt, and I'm not saying that as a Jets fan. I'm saying that as somebody that has eyes and understands the game of football. Very, very good. Brees Hall was on his way to a generational rookie season. I didn't so much see that out of Walker. I just saw a really consistent back that I knew I was going to get every single time. And you add the bump that he's going to get going into his sophomore year, and I think there's a merit to having him on the list. I mean, I'll just tell you, I have him ahead of Travis Etienne. I have him ahead of Aaron Jones, who you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson, De- Javante Williams, Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce, and Khalil Herbert. Those were the eight just missed guys. I mean, you saw how scary he was in Seattle last year when he was healthy. He's terrifying. He's Absolutely. terrifying, and you take that offense and the way that offense runs, and they just keep Geno Smith on schedule. Every word they say about Jackson Smith and Jigba, if I hear him compared to Doug Baldwin one more time, I think I'm going to scream. <laughs> They're very different receivers, but that's that's very high praise coming out of Seattle. So I feel good about the offense. I feel good about what Kenny Walker's going to walk into. And yeah, they drafted Zach Carbonet, but it, it, what is he really going to take away? It's why I hated that pick so much. Yeah. But then you factor in they had five in the, what, the top 70? So it, it's not really that big a deal. So, number 12, for me, is the reigning leading rusher in the NFL, Josh Jacobs. Okay. I know okay. that seems low. I understand. I, I get that. 
I, I'm well aware that seems low. For his career, that's who he's been. He had one year last year where he was the only living, breathing running back in the entire room, and he put up huge numbers. And I'm not saying he couldn't do it again. In terms of the, the way I rank these, it's kind of the same way I do power rankings throughout the season. So we do power rankings every Tuesday during the football season, ranking teams 1-32. to If they played each other, who wins? That's how I always do this. Neutral field, everything's equal, who wins? With running backs, if I put you behind a league standard line with a league standard quarterback, with a league standard scheme, I don't have Josh Jacobs ahead of the 11 guys that are in front of him here. And one of them isn't even on a team. He's a good player. Yeah, He's not necessarily the most all-around player. But I think he's really good between the tackles, and he's going to get you what you want. I don't. I'm not really impressed by Josh Jacobs. Yeah, last year was great, awesome rookie year, pretty good. He's always been consistent. Yeah. Now last year was the outlier. Mm -hmm. You know, Jake, you've been around here long enough to know that I reference the box and line graph a lot. It's about the only thing I remember from sixth grade mathematics. You take the outliers, you kind of throw those away, and then you look at who somebody is. Well, if I look at who you are over the course of your career, he doesn't necessarily belong this high. But I have to remember that and bump him up a little bit. Did you have him in your top 13? I did. I had him literally at 14. So he was your your first one also receiving receiving votes. Yes. Who was your 12? My 12 was Kenneth Walker. Indeed. Yeah. So we're so so through two, we're pretty close. We're pretty close. I have a funny feeling that that is going to change pretty vehemently reasonably soon we'll talk about that you're in the sportsocracy 92.9 espn radio Asheville. we'll be back right after this commercial break the sportsocracy that is some good clean family fun there ain't got rolling right along with our top 13 power rankings running backs me intern jake we got tank you can't hear him because he's at the beach. He's enjoying his time over there. But we found it. a visual representation of Mr. Spencer that we threw on the screen so you can see that's almost like he's here. And the only thing is I, I need to know where he got that shirt because it kind of looks like that Taylor Swift shirt that he wore during a uh, live stream one time. <laughs> you weren't here from that for that. It no. would haunt your nightmares. Be really glad you didn't see it. Well, you we know. found a uh, – there was a Taylor Swift shirt laying around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this was right after Tank had gone through the Ph.D. weight loss transformation. Uh, it was a medium, and he is not, and I can I will never get the vision of that out of my head. So that's what I think of when I think of Tank. So we found a visual representation to throw on the screen since we are tankless today. But I hope he's having a, a lovely time at the beach. I'm very yeah, me jealous. Me too, me too. All right, two running backs through our power rankings. I have already had Kenneth Walker the third at number 13, Josh Jacobs at 12, and on to number 11. And this is it. This was probably the hardest guy for me to put a number on because I believe in the talent in spite of the fact it hasn't been great so far in the NFL. And I just look at the the receiving core. I look at all the things around him, and I think this is the year you're going to figure out why he was such a highly thought-of first-round draft pick. It's Najee Harris. Okay. Okay. I believe in the talent Najee Harris more than practically anybody else. I mean, in terms of just sheer talent, take everything else out. I'd probably have him in the top six. He's a very patient runner. He's a very good runner. 
he's just been behind a makeshift offensive line for two years. You had broken down Ben Roethlisberger for a year that didn't scare anybody. Kenny Pickett was getting his footing last year as a rookie. Now, I feel like Kenny Pickett's taking ownership of this team. The weapons are there. The defense is still fantastic. And this is the year I think he turns a corner. I honestly think you might have him too low. Really? Yeah. I I, I, I thought he was going to be an also-receiving votes for you. No, 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 no. So the only thing that brings me down on Najee Harris is I had him on my fantasy team last year. And yes, he was a little bit of a, of a disappointment, you could say. But again, I, I see the upside in Najee Harris. You know, last year, sitting at 1,000 yards and, a, and seven touchdowns. Good, not great. Not the best. But again, like you said, new offensive line. They got weapons on the outside. Kenny Pickett's, he's developed for another year. I think we'll see a lot, a lot of a better season from uh, Najee Harris. Oh, I mean, Aiden Sleep Football said, I'm glad you said it so I don't have to explain that he's not a bust. People, t- especially with running backs, People get to that bust level way too early to me. I mean, look, running backs, you have a short shelf life, so people expect you to just come in the league and be great immediately. It's still a difficult thing to to to, to make that jump coming into the NFL where you've got to make blitz pickups and different things like that. He had no problem with any of those things. He had a problem with that there wasn't a hole for him to run through. You can have a Maserati. If it gets stuck on I-26, and it will get stuck in I-26, it doesn't really matter how fast you are because you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's how I look at Najee Harris. Well, fantasy wise, when you look at Najee Harris, I would going. I wouldn't be averse to people taking him in the first round. I don't know that I'm going to do it because I don't think I have to, but I don't have a problem. I really don't. I, I, I mean, there are guys that will be listed in front of him uh, too coming up very soon that I wouldn't have an aversion to you taking Najee Harris over them. They may end up on the same team. Please, please, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So How high did you have Najee Harris? I had him at eight. Eight. Yeah. That's, I, I'm, I'm shocked that you were higher on him than me. I was afraid he was going to be one of yours that was in the also receiving votes. But I, I respect it. All right. So let's hear your number. What would it be? Or 10. 10. All right. I have not loved this guy. Because he led the NFL last year in runs for no gain or or net loss of yardage, there's there's still there's still talent there, but he's getting to be an older guy. There's wear on the tires. He really hasn't had a full season in his career, but the burst is still. You you can't say that that's not there. It's Dalvin Cook. Now, this is just a raw talent because that's where I had to put him. Depending on where he goes, and it really is seeming to me like he's going to end up in the AFC East. I think so, too. I've heard him attached to all four teams. Yeah. I would say New England is the least likely. Mm-hmm. I just If you're Dalvin Cook and you're at this point in your career, why would I go into a timeshare with Ramondre Stevenson, who also would have had a merit to be on this list? I don't really get that, because New England's not a Super Bowl contender. That's not me. I'm not throwing shade. It's just of all four teams in the AFC, if you told me that, that the Super Bowl came out of that division... I'd bet my house it wasn't New England. And I think anybody that wasn't wearing Tom Brady sunglasses would do the same thing. Obviously, it makes sense with Buffalo because his brother plays there. That would be his backup. Makes sense with the Jets because they're apparently just loading up with, hey, every veteran that wants to win, come here. Don't mind that we haven't done that in 50 years. But we're doing it now. 
And then Miami obviously makes sense because of the offense. You put him with, with Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson. and That would make that the scariest, most dynamic offense in the league. I think so as well. The only thing I will tell you, um, coming out of Miami, there is a lot of don't be shocked if Devin A. changed the starter of this team by about week six. So I'm not sure. I'm getting to the point that Dalvin Cook was in on Miami. They were not as in on him. And now he's looking elsewhere going, well, you know, the Jets seem to really like me. And, and Buffalo has at, at the very least poked around. So maybe I don't want to go deal with with Miami. Yeah, I get that it's home. I get all those things. It's a much more clouded backfield than he would go into with either Buffalo or the Jets. I respect the call. Where did you have Dalvin Cook? He was receiving votes as well. Really? Yeah, I just, I still, you don't even have a team yet. If he goes to Miami. Well, look, I mean, Dalvin Cook's been in Minnesota's entire career. All right, so yeah. right now he's doing the, buy me flowers and tell me I'm pretty. I I, I get it. He's yeah. wanting somebody to fall in love with him instead of falling like. Yes. The problem is that he's a running back. That's the same reason that Ezekiel Elliott still doesn't have a job. Neither does Kareem Hunt, and, and I could do this for a minute. He's wanting to be wooed, and I just don't think it's coming, which is I fully believe why Tyler Conklin was out doing the ESPN car wash today to say, hey, we want you, buddy. Uh, come on. Come on. Bring it in. And maybe bring DeAndre Hopkins with you. I feel like you, you still look at his stats like they're phenomenal. They really are. It's just He's the- been fantastic. I'm, I've always been afraid with – I've always been afraid that Dalvin Cook would hit a wall and hit it really, really hard. So when he, to me, when he falls off, he's going to fall off a cliff. I think I'm on the same wave as you, man. And that's that's just what scares me. And that's what literally that's what scares me as well. And again, injury problems. You don't know. I just I wasn't confident enough to even put him in my top thirteen. But Bill Budajek in our YouTube comments said, "Gallon Tank's graphic is better than the Jets running back room." Hey, Gallon <laughs> Tank's graphic. It's going to be hard to bring down. Oh, 100 percent. Especially because. Probably a lot of sunscreen on that feller. We have a, re- a real elusive. <laughs> so that takes us to number nine. Number nine. Brees Hall. I wanted to have him higher, and I physically couldn't do it. because, And it's all because of one word. Knee. I never, I never feel 100% hunky-dunky. I don't care how fast he's run on the radar gun. I don't care how he's looked in minicamp. I'm not going to feel... A hundred percent about you until I see you hit at full speed in a live rip. So I mean, week one, I will not feel a hundred percent about Brees Hall until then. And I love him. I want to have him in the top five because I think he's that kind of talent. But I can't. He's an absolute dog. I mean, averaging five point eight yards a carry. Are you that's, serious? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's. It's, okay. it's almost oh it's almost double Najee Harris. Just uh, throwing that out. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can't complain with your choice here because I had Brees Hall at nine as well. I, I think it's where he has to go. Yeah, because to me, there is a separation from nine to the rest of this list. Because everybody else on this list, I feel like, is in. There's no timeshares here. Mm. And I don't know if your list looks like mine. There are a couple of these teams that I had to really think about who the backup was. And I wouldn't be shocked if Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. I wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked if it, you know Kenny Walker's obviously got a, a Zach Carbonet right behind him. Wouldn't be shocked if you saw another running back in Pittsburgh. They seem to spin a roulette wheel to figure out which one that's going to be. But then you get to eight for me, and it's Austin Eckler. 
And I know that's going to seem hot to some people because I get accused of being an Austin Eckler hater. And it's not that I hate him. He does a lot of things really well. The problem is that he is a running back, and he doesn't running back all that well from time to time. You get down to the two-yard line, you're not handing the ball to Austin Eckler. Oh, but he has all these touchdowns. Yeah, and the vast majority of them are from the five-yard line out. So he just, for me, of all the bell cow backs, he has to be last because he's the one that I just don't know. If I need three yards, can you go get me three yards? I would honestly take Isaiah Spiller over that. I would not. Uh, the Chargers, they got really lucky with Eckler. Uh, they scouted him out. They really liked him. And from there, they have been a graveyard where running backs go to die. Uh, no matter how talented of a prospect you were, they do not develop them well. And they've got four back behind him. Yeah. And maybe if you smelted them together, they would be one NFL running back. And I'm not even 100% positive of that. Austin Eckler didn't even break 1,000 last year in rushing yards. Yeah. But again, the receiving is what you're looking at when you look at Austin Eckler. And that's the thing, is that the way this offense is... All right, so let me ask you this. With Kellen Moore coming in as the offensive coordinator, would you say his stat line goes up or down in 2023? You can break it into into receiving and rushing if you want to. No, I'd say his stat line goes up. Because I would say the receiving stays about the same and the rushing is going to go up. I'm not to the I'm taking him in the top three of fantasy football drafts mm-hmm. yet, but I, I at least understand, and I think there will be there will be very positive things about him during this year. You know, he's just getting to that point where you know 28 to 30. That's when you start to see the fall from running backs, and he's right there. Oh yeah, right 28s where it, and it just depends on how steep the incline is. Yeah, uh, do you coast back into the airport or uh, uh, do the oxygen mask come down? That's really the only difference with running backs. That gets us into the top seven. I got to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back, get just a bit outside, pick it up right back at seven. You're in the Sportsocracy, brought to you by Ingles Supermarkets and Clarissa Sales, WNC.com. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The Sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy. It's time to get just a bit outside. This will be the first time Jake's ever done this. I can't wait to hear what his story sounds like. And mine, well, it's a piddle story. This is the first time in the history of the show that I have ever told a pee-pee story in my just a bit outside. <laughs> Apparently, there is a, and now this is not really a new trend, but it's alarming how many times this has come out over the last few years. You might remember that Tom Herman, when he was at Texas, had a, urination hydration chart of the the shade of your tinkle tells you how committed of a teammate you are mm-hmm. and then you had one from ut san antonio last year that i have put up on the screen and if you're if you weren't get if you weren't hydrated enough then you were juiceless and useless <laughs> oh my gosh well this has become a trend we've seen this a few times and now the University of Massachusetts hired Don Brown a year ago, former coach that had led them to some FCS success before they pop, propped up to FBS. They brought him back, defensive coordinator at Michigan, and, and he has one of these charts as well. There's only one problem with his chart. So there's a conversion chart on the bottom. This has been leaked by somebody that was in the facility and it's and it reads at the bottom you should drink 1.5 liters of water for each pound you weigh per day. Mm-mm. 
if you weigh 330 pounds, that's 495 liters of water per day, which you would actually drown yourself. Oh, 100%. So this led all of the the, the social media sleuths to figure out what unit of measurement did you actually mean here? And nobody can figure it out because none of them work. All right, so it says liters. Let's say it's milliliters. Now you're at half a liter per day. That's not nearly enough. Let's say it's ounces. You're at four gallons per day if you're a 330-pound offensive lineman. That's a lot. Like it's That's an insane amount yeah. of water. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but even that is astronomically high. And it really just plays to itself that, you know, UMass, it, you, you had a fun run, okay? Yeah. Lou Rowe. Marcus Canby, these are all names that I feel like Jake probably doesn't know. Uh, John Calipari. Okay, there we go. Yeah, well, yeah. John Calipari was there with Marcus Canby and Lou Rowe. Okay. When he had that one year that basically made him a household name. Mm-hmm. Then he got the Nets job, and, well, his life kind of spiraled from there. That's what you're known for. Uh, Matthew Hoffman says it's ounces. That's what we've come to kind of believe yeah. is that it's ounces. It's still way too high. That is. And then you get into the, the levels of, well, you're a horrible person if you don't drink this much water. Like, Come on. Okay. I mean, look, I was coached hard growing up. I get it. You know I'm not much of the millennial generation where we all have to pat people on the head and tell them they're pretty. But maybe not juiceless and useless if, you know, you don't drink four gallons of water a day. So my outside story comes from our number one pick from last year's draft, Paulo Banquero. Guys, he's accused of betrayal by Italian basketball president after he commits to Team USA. So, Paolo Benchiro, in 2020, was going to play for Italy's national team. But guess what? Oh, we didn't have it. We didn't have it. It got COVIDed. It got COVIDed. And so, Benchiro was born and raised in the United States, but his father is Italian, so that's why he could have played for the Italian team. But now with the upcoming World Cup, he's like, eh, I think I'm going to stay I'm good. here in Well, I mean, USA. here's the thing. The United States did the same thing because they didn't really show much interest in him. Yeah. Then he was the best rookie in the class by a mile, and they went, well, but so you you can come play with us. Uh, it probably wouldn't be bad if you wanted to do that. <laughs> so the president says it was a legitimate decision, but he could have made a call to communicate to that. Or communicate that to us. Instead, we learned about his decision from the newspapers. Eey. But he continues to say betrayal, especially in basketball, is a strong word. Situations like this happen, and personally, I'm used to it. But he fooled us. He fooled us. Uh, Come I mean, on did he? now. D- did he? Did he really? Did you really look at Paolo Bancaro and go, yeah, he's going to go play for Italy? I mean, because here's the thing. Once you make these decisions, that's the country you play for forever. Yeah. You, you don't get to just... Change your mind three years from now. Of course, this way that was the way it was going to go. It should be. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm now, also on record as saying that uh, our run as the United States in the Olympics is uh, coming to a close. It may not be this Olympics, mm-hmm. but it's coming. Well, with Bankiro, eleven of the twelve spots are filled for the roster at the World Cup starting in August. Yeah, it's it's a bad sign to me when Walker Kessler is one of the guys on that list. <laughs> And you know what's funny? We'll still win that. I don't know how, but so we too. will. But the day is coming. Could be in the 24 Paris Olympics, which they're not serving alcohol in, by the way. 
Can we stop having Olympics in countries where they won't let you have alcohol in the stadium? That's a little bit. It's coming to L.A. in 28. I promise you. Uh, There'll be a domestic light or two of flowing in L.A. (laughs) So let's get back to the rankings then. Countdown running backs in the NFL. We're much like uh, like Drake. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Love it. Uh, We started at 13 with Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, Austin Eckler. Now we're to seven. And I'm not sure that this is not a name that you're not going to gristle at because I don't know exactly how you feel about this guy. Tony Pollard. I think that's perfect for him. I I wanted to have him higher, but I I really feel better about what I know yeah. out of everybody in front of him. I'm projecting a little bit with Tony Pollard. And the one thing that scares me is that through two regimes, nobody's ever wanted to give him a full workload. And I'm not sure that I fully understand why. We talked on this show for three years. He's been better than Ezekiel Elliott since the minute he walked in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was getting pudgier, slower, and his yards per carry were going through the floor. And it took Jerry three years to figure that out. So is there possibly something to that? He's coming off the injury from the playoffs. I, I can't have him any higher than this. But if you told me there was somebody outside of one specific rookie that plays for a team close to here that – shot up this and wound up at number one next year, I would almost guarantee you it was Tony Pollard. I like the pick. I think Tony Pollard's going to have a breakout year this season, especially without Zeke in his shadow the whole time. Like everyone, oh, I love Ezekiel. Shut up. Well, we get to uh, the LaShawn McCoy rule. We get to the two-yard line, we have to give the carry to anybody but you. You got us here, uh, now go sit down and watch somebody else score. Tony Pollard's just so explosive. He's 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 fun to watch. He is fun to watch. He's the only Memphis running back that Tank didn't love coming out, and he's the only one that's any good. Ironic. Uh, where did you have him on your rankings? I had Tony Pollard at five. At f- wow. Yeah. Uh, just because the two behind him, they're coming on that downfall. They're, they're, they're aging a little bit. Is one of them Derrick Henry? That is correct. Yeah, he's my number six. And he was my number six as well. Derrick Henry has the potential to be one. I, I'm at the point with him that I'm going to keep assuming the the fall off the cliff is coming. And if I'm a year early, I'm a year early. The injuries have crept up on him for two years. So when does the effectiveness stop? This is the Chris Johnson rule. All right, injury started with him. It took two years. He was still lightning fast. Then he went to the Jets, and all of a sudden, he looked like he touched the Monstars ball from Space Jam. (laughs) Uh, He was CJ2K with the Titans. He was uh, CJ6H with the Jets. Oh, he had 600 yards. Yeah, because he had 75 of those on one run. And he was awful. And I don't think it's going to be that that quick. But you look at a guy at a running back that's that big. We haven't had a running back as big as Derrick Henry in many, many years. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a running back that's gotten the kind of workload that he has in many, many years. But he's still so good when he's on the field. You take the injuries away, there's really nothing you can say about him. And the sad part is that everybody in the league knows what's coming on practically every play. Mike Vrabel has always tipped his hand in terms of run, pass, and then you get into the play action, and he would almost use that against people. But he's still been so unbelievably good that, to me, you can't have him any lower than this. No, you can't. And, obviously, you look at the wide receiving core. Uh, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Westbrook Aquini. Nick Westbrook Aquina. So cool. Anyways. Steven Tau said you've been two years early so far. Uh, Have I, though? He's supposed to be the best running back in the NFL. Uh, and he's been nicked up for two solid years. But, well, I, and I didn't tell you he was going to turn into 
Latavius Murray all of a sudden. <laughs> I said you're going to it, it, going into fantasy football. It's not going to be as easy to trust him because you're never going to know when he's fully healthy. I only have to say one thing. He's playing in the AFC South. Yes. You know for a fact he's going to rush for over 200 yards at one point. Yes. In the he season. will have super high-end games. I'm just not sure that at this point I can trust him through a 17-game season. And I respect that call. Obviously, the injury problems are a little bit of a, a scare there, but I think Derrick Henry at six, it's good. Number five, Bijan Robinson. I wanted to have him higher. He's the highest rated running back I've had since uh, a name that I haven't said yet. And he goes into the pass or uh, the rush happiest offense in the NFL. That's hard for me to not love where it's headed. Plus, Atlanta's line, which has been a liability for many years, it's a strength at this point. Every guy on that offensive line graded average, NFL average or better last year. And you're telling me now, all intact for a second year, it's not going to get better? Now that you got fully healthy Drake London, fully healthy Kyle Pitts, you've got three legit running backs back behind them? Desmond Ritter is at least a bit of a threat to run. And if they at some point realize that he's just a bad, but bad, bad, but bad, bad, uh, you got Taylor Heineken. You can slide right in there, and I'll be honest with you, I like the offense exponentially better with him than I did with Mariota or than I did with Desmond Ritter. I think Bijan's a, a solid pick there. I, mean, I also he, think they're going to play him in the slot way more often than you think. And that would be dangerous, especially if you're playing PPR fantasy. There are a lot of times with, with camp. Uh, ESPN put out an article today of all the – the, the camp monsters and the, the breakouts, of which a handful of them didn't understand the assignment. Uh, the guy that was best in your camp that nobody saw coming, Derek Stingley. The the guy you took at three last year? How bad was everybody else that that was your... Sorry. The rant that I've been on all day. Uh, I feel like that you see a lot of things in camps that are sleight of hand magic. They're trying to show you something for you to overreact to it. And it's not really going to be as big of a deal as they're making it out to be. I do see that with with Atlanta with Bijan in the slot. I think in obvious passing downs, you're going to Algier or Cordero Patterson back behind the quarterback. Bijan in the slot. They're going to move them out. You're going to see them on the field together. I I'm the more I talk myself into this, the more and more I'm liking Atlanta, and the more and more invested I am in the futures of over seven and a half wins for them this year. I took Bijan at four, so I, I love the pick, and I'm really looking to get him if I get, a, obviously, a top five fantasy pick. In the I've said I would take game. him at one. I, I think he will be the number one scoring running back in fantasy football this year. Love it. Uh, number four is a guy that I've, I, you're going to have hired just because you know he's near and dear to your heart because he plays for your Indianapolis Colts, even though your mascot stole my dance. Jonathan Taylor. I adore Jonathan Taylor. At the uh, as well you should. Every little part of my heart, man. As well you should. God, he's the best. I mean, he's a fantastic player. He is a fantastic player. He's just a great guy. Last year was not great. No. Because you had me playing quarterback. The the ghost of Matt Ryan was who you had slinging passes. Nobody's scared of that. Also, the line was atrocious last year. The line has regressed. I don't think it's as bad as everybody's, as everybody's making it out to be. Quentin Nelson's still a dog. 100%. Right, Ryan, Ryan Kelly's still a dog. Braden Smith's still, Braden Smith's still a dog. Bernard Raymond... I mean, we said when he got drafted, this is going to take a minute. And he's yeah. playing tight end three years ago, but he has the feed. He has all the things. I don't think, I don't think you're going to see a repeat of last year. And now I'm not so sure that he's going to look 2021 good, but I think it falls somewhere in between that. And if he's 
right in between leading the NFL in rushing. And, I mean, he was still good last year. He just yeah. wasn't the best running back in the league. No. You find something in between there, and to me, that fits in perfectly at four. I think the scariest thing about Jonathan Taylor right now, you have AR5 as your quarterback. The, the one thing I'm curious of with, with Jonathan Taylor this year is, is Shane Steichen the first coach that can figure out that he actually can catch passes? Which he can. I've now said this for five solid years, all the way back to Wisconsin. Why doesn't nobody understand that he's a really good receiver out of the backfield? I really think it's because we had Hines. And obviously, we traded Hines to Buffalo. but when He's we not had, a problem. Either. Yeah. If we had Hines, they they wanted to get Hines involved because of the speed. And and I get that, but I still would rather have the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands. Oh, 100%. I, see, I'm one of those. I will run a run back to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek, the, the Derek Henry thing, I railed on that for years. <laughs> to this point, you're not going to give him a second contract anyway, so it doesn't matter. My number three, Cleveland Brown, Nick Chubb. Uh, if you haven't seen the video of him squatting 600 pounds today, uh, go to Twitter and, and uh, uh, dig that one up because it's quite a watch. I watched that and my knees started to hurt. It, oh, I mean, I, every part of my body hurt. Did you see No running back should be able to do that. It's, it's well, I mean, that's what it, well, that's what it does. It's, it's meant to do that to have a little give so it doesn't split in half. But it's still incredibly impressive that you have a running back that's got that kind of of core strength and, and base mobility. I love Nick Chubb. Is he the sexiest running back in the league? No. It, could I argue he's the most talented? Yeah, yeah, I could. I could. I love everything in Cleveland. I'm buying futures on them like they're going out of style. And I, I'm, I'm just going to say, if you're looking at Cleveland thinking you're going to get the same offense that you got last year, I think that's a fool's errand. I really do. All right, so number two. This was the hardest decision. In, obviously, we're down to Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. I, I'm not going to hate on you for either one. I like Saquon better. Saquon's my one. Christian McCaffrey's my two. And I know that sounds insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that sounds insane. Christian McCaffrey's injury history scares me to death. Would I like him better in Carolina? I don't know. But there is a, a a hex on the San Francisco 49ers that every running back on this team gets hurt. Let me ask you a fun question. Okay. Who was the last running back for the San Francisco 49ers to rush for 1,000 yards? Might be Frank Gore. <laughs> that's exactly. Actually, it's no. It was Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde, Frank really? Gore did it right before Carlos okay. Hyde. Because they get hurt constantly. Now, is that possibly the Hurricane Rock? Maybe. But you can't say he doesn't have injury issues. No, he does. He just does. It's been the last three years. And so now you're, you're telling me that you've got this Super Bowl contender and we're not going to be able to kid gloves you. Elijah Mitchell, yes, I understand that takes some of the workload off. The high side on Christian McCaffrey and the high side on Saquon Barkley to me are the exact same. Now, I don't know that we've seen it completely from Saquon yet. I think there's still more to grow there. But I worry about injuries less than him with him than I do with Christian McCaffrey. And frankly, I'm getting to a point where I like Brian Dable better than Kyle Shanahan. Oh, I do too. Which is weird to say because Kyle Shanahan's got a, a much bigger resume and been doing this for much longer. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's a high side to Saquon Barkley that it's it's almost like untapped potential. Oh, definitely. I mean, you saw when he's healthy last year. What did the Giants do? He pretty much carried them to the playoffs. It, on a team that had absolutely nobody that scared you over the top. Nobody. Uh, what wide receivers... For the Giants scared you last year. Oh, Isaiah Hodgins? For four weeks. No. End the message, repeat the line. Yeah. All right. 
your 2023 running back rankings heading into the season. I got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be coming back with bangers. It's our second set of Major League Baseball, which tells you that Jeremy had to dig deep. But I'm going to tell you how to make this a profitable summer. I'll wager on baseball. You're in the sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. That way you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. That way you get the power, then you get the work. It is your reigning, defending, futures Flostradamus himself. If you listened to me at the end of the week, you took LSU plus the 385 to win the Men's College World Series, then you're welcome. Sitting on a nice plus 385, you bumped up your money, and in the words of my buddy Ed Orgeron, go Tigers. Now we're to Major League Baseball, and there's really only one way to make money doing this, and I'm going to tell you what it is. This is Green on Green, brought to you by Ingles Markets. Low prices, love the savings. Three games in Major League Baseball that I feel good about th- today. The Houston Astros are a minus 120 favorite at the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's be really honest. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the Astros are pretty good and the Cardinals are pretty bad. And this is not enough of a outlier at minus 120 to sway me off this. Plus, the Cardinals are 6-16 six and 16 this year in series openers. This one's easy. Give me the Astros minus 120. Next, the Milwaukee Brewers, plus 125 at my New York Mets. The Mets have the highest payroll in Major League Baseball, and they can't score to save their lives. And tonight, Milwaukee throws out a pitcher that Julio Tehran they've struggled with in the past. They got a couple shellings of him when he was with the Atlanta Braves. Don't really look for that to happen tonight. Give me the Brewers, Brewers plus 125. And finally, the San Diego Padres are a minus 190 favorite at the lowly, hapless, awful Pittsburgh Pirates. You Darvish, Rich Hill. Say that three or four times. You'll be able to figure this out pretty quick. Huge pitching matchup advantage here. San Diego better hitting left-handers. I'm not worried about minus 190. Now, here's how you actually make this make money for you. If you take those three, minus 120 for the Astros, plus 125 for the Brewers, minus 190 for the Padres, throw that in a three-leg parlay, that pays you out plus 529. What does that mean? For every 100 U.S. doll hairs you spend on it, they'll pay you 529 U.S. doll hairs. Or if you're a lower volume better, for every dollar, they'll pay you 529. Doesn't sound like bad odds to me, and I see no way this doesn't hit. For more, find us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy, and as always, Love the savings with angles. Love the winnings with me. Mull it out. This is your Exergen Temporal Scanner weather forecast on ES.